chat, mate. I've been uh, I've been trawling through our emails. Right. Um, we've got an email here from Salford Safari. Salford Safari. Yeah. It says here that Salford Safari is a new, state-of-the-art, world's first, hands-on safari bonanza. Yeah, that's what they're building across the street in the park. We had a letter from the council for it. Of course. Yeah, I saw a load of gorillas down at the Keys the other day. I I didn't think anything of it. That explains it. Okay, yeah, I've got the email. Um, Okay, so they're saying as compensation for the disruption caused while constructing the gorilla pit... They'll name the Reptile Pavilion after the podcast as long as we play that advert on air. It says the logo will be placed on all Reptilia enclosures and an advertisement will be played live on the big screen before their new show, Dance of the Crocodilian. (laughs) Mate, this is huge. This is massive. This could be the push we need. Blimey. Uh, Okay. um, Yeah, they've attached uh, the radio advert below. And they've said there will be no changes to the advert. Right. Okay. Um, So I guess we just give it a listen. See what it's like. Stick it on. Do you want to experience totally deranged animals completely out of their comfort zones? place where health and safety regulations have gone the way of the dodo, then come on down to Salford Safari. The only location north of Milton Keynes you can swim with a Mexican free-tailed bat. And if you're feeling more hands-on, why not wrestle a honey badger? But it's not just how the animals look, it's how they taste! Boasting over one and a half restaurants, why not take your taste buds on an expedition? Our chefs can rustle you up the best grub in town! Why not try serpent stew, primate pancakes, rat burgers, marsupial mud pies, and for the kids, chicken strips. All this and more in one beautiful location. Book your tickets now for our grand opening anytime between April 2021 and December 2027. Salford Safari. It's not just a safari, it's a zoo. Salford Safari operates a policy of no refunds, no exchanges of tickets, bought admissions, booked online or by telephone. Tickets are valid only by the day they are booked and cannot be transferred on another date. We can't refund tickets for this reason of adverse weather conditions. Credit slash data card transactions are made on a separate secure server with full encryption on all credit card data. Your credit card details and personal information will not be shared with any other company on that What the hell was that? I don't think we can be associated with with that kind of establishment. Agreed. We're really sorry, Salford Safari, but it's a no from us. Welcome back to The Interval, the podcast with big talks and comedy shorts. I'm Andy. And I'm Jack. And this is episode number four of season two. Jack, how are you today? I'm feeling fantastic. We've we've made it past episode number three of a season, which is a massive milestone for us. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of taper off after three, but we're, we're powering through. 
But not only are we doing the podcast, we also have comedy sketches which what? are now online on our socials, on Instagram, on Facebook. YouTube. Yes, we also have a YouTube <laughs> channel now. <laughs> Because we wanted to get those videos out on YouTube so more people could watch them. We have five views on one of the videos. Hey! <laughs> Give it a week, we'll be viral. Nah, but no, seriously, we're going to keep getting some more sketches out on our uh, Instagram and Facebook pages. Um, we've really enjoyed doing them and hopefully it will complement the show and mm-hmm. it just gives us... Another platform. Another platform to muck around and have a bit of a have a bit of fun with. So, fantastic. But right here, right now... This is the podcast, and we've got a fantastic episode in store for you. Sit down, relax, have a brew, and listen, and have fun. Okay, so, history... It is a remarkable thing. We can't escape it. It's written down. It's fact most of the time. So for this section, (laughs) we thought it'd be quite interesting to take a jump back in time and see what things occurred on said day of filming. Mm. So today being February 22nd. Yes, it is. Let's have a look back in time at what happened that has shaped our future. Yes, let's do it. Let's get in that time machine. So the 22nd of February seems Mm. a very interesting day in history. So Jack, please uh, take it away. All right. So starting with 1923, so quite a way back, Mm -hmm. the first transcontinental airmail service began. Mm. So obviously up until this point, you'd, you'd write your message chuck it in the ocean and, and hope it <laughs> message in a bottle got there <laughs> i Bef- think it's pretty cool before the service was the ocean yeah <laughs> well no that, the nature that you trusted that, that definitely would have changed everything and obviously mm. now doesn't really make much difference because you've got email Internet, yeah. um but i guess it still you know helps with packages and things like that for sure that's pretty cool um in 1935 airplanes uh, are no longer permitted to fly over the white house what is um, that why? Yeah. Well, safety safety hazard. Maybe safety. I mean, if you were... A bit if noisy. You were, if you were Mr. Biden and you were doing some paperwork, do you yeah. want to hear a... It's very true. It'd definitely lower the real estate price of the White House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 1997, big one. Dolly the Sheep is, is successfully cloned and, and born. Mm. Obviously, everyone remembers this from... GCSE science. Yeah, I remember it was GCSE. It must have been biology. I remember the picture of Dolly the sheep plastered all over yeah. the, the walls and in the in the textbooks. Incredible feat of, of scientific engineering. Have they done anything like that again? I think they put a weird ban on cloning. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, they I guess it is a probably in. Inhu- well, there's there's, like, there's a big moral issue with with cloning. Yeah, you don't want to clone animals. I mean, I think they 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 are they do clone they're trying to clone extinct animals or at least use cloning mm. as a way to bring back some extinct species or ones that are not like around around or reproducing i suppose um that takes us now to 2006 so on this day in 2006 at least six men staged britain's biggest robbery ever stealing 53 million pounds wow. Uh, from a Securitas depot, depot 
in Tonbridge, Kent. That's amazing. That's like full heist level. I mean, 2006, I don't remember that. I mean, no, I thought that would have been plastered all over the news, surely. I'd have been nine. I'd have mm. been nine years old, so. I assume they were caught. Well, yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean, if they haven't, you know... They're living it large in the, proper, in the Bahamas. Proper GTA style. <laughs> living in the uh, in the Beverly Hills. Um, okay, taking a trip now to 2009. Um, in the Academy Awards, Slumdog Millionaire won Best Film, mm. which was an incredible film. I mean, I need to watch that again. It's been a long time. And then Heath Ledger won Best Supporting Actor for Joker in, in The Dark Knight. Again, another massive famous win. Well deserved. Yes, most definitely. Um, and yeah, keeping on Academy Awards in 2015, uh, on this day, Birdman won, uh, which is a great film, and obviously notable wins, Eddie Redmayne. Um, Was that or, Danish girl? No, Fear of Everything. Oh, of course. He got nominated again the year after, but didn't mm. win. But yeah, that was 2015. Uh, 2017, taking a jump over to the music side of things, Jay-Z was the first rapper inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Nice. Which is pretty cool. That's a pretty big feat. 2017, um, was the on this day, it was the discovery of seven Earth-sized planets uh, orbiting a star called Trappist-1, mm. um, which basically raised a big possibility of alien life. So I guess that was a pretty big discovery um, only four years ago. So, and then, yeah, we got, I got, one, I got, I got one more. Far got away, more. far away. Um, and, yeah, this is one for the uh, the football fans out hey. there. Uh, on this day in 2020, Cristiano Ronaldo marked his 1,000th senior appearance uh, by scoring in Juventus's 2-1 Serie A win. Um, what a great feat for the guy! And will he, I guess will he, he ever stop playing? I don't remember a time when he didn't exist. No, he 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 probably at least make another three hundred appearances. What a man! What, what, what a man. man! I mean, February twenty second seems like quite a mad date of of things to be cracking off. Yeah. Respect to February twenty second. Good work, history. Good work. <laughs> it's that time you've all been waiting for. It's the final day of the Olympics. We have got a fantastic day of sports lined up for you. I'm here with the... Uh, what's your name? Oh, easy mistake to make there, Rich. Yeah, it's Russell. Russell, of course. Too many morning mimosas, I think. <laughs> I do like my alcohol yeah. watered down with orange juice. Oh, well, we've wow. got a fantastic day. A load of sporting events. And, of course, it's the final day, so we're going to see some fantastic results. Uh, why don't you take us, Russell, to the uh, first event? What are we looking at? Oh, mate, we're looking at the boomerang toss right here. Oh, it's my fucking favourite. Let's go down to the bench. Mate, you, you can't be swearing on oh, national television, I'm sorry, mate. you've got to remind me. I lose it a little bit sometimes. Hopefully the team picked up on that, but mate, yeah. you've got to stick we'll, to your we'll professionalism. We'll it in. It's live. It's fine. It's all right. We're having a great time on this studio. We hope you are too. Yeah, all right. Well, let's not beat around the bush here. Let's go straight down to the boomerang toss with our friend Reggie. Reggie, how are you? Well, it is great news to know that I'm not the only one. Absolutely. Off their face. <laughs> I'm here with a. Oh Christ! I've forgotten your name as well. <laughs> it's all right. He's, he's rolling. Oh, rolling, mate. I'll be working with Roland for about four years. <laughs> it's not the first time this has happened. Oh, well, what is he like? Oh, what are we like? We're here with a specialist on the boomerang toss. So we're just going to leave it a few moments just to wait for this competitor to throw the boomerang. Now this one's all about the flick of the wrist. 
We've had some great competitive so far. Okay, we've got uh, Martin. He's taking a stand at the podium. Good luck, Martin. Excellent release. Yeah, it, it's a good throw. It's a fantastic throw. Here we go. Oh, he's, he's coming back around. Oh, no. He's, he's coming back. This is what we didn't want to happen. The boomerang's come back around. And it's settled. It's it's only about 4.8 centimetres. Damn. Well, there's still... That has taken him to the top of the table, though, so... Still a long way to go here, but, you know, that's a, it's a good start by Martin. Oh, and the crowd has turned nasty down here in the pavilion. This is this is not the way the sport should be played. It's not what we represent. Well, we'll keep you updated on the way the, uh, the tournament pans out, but uh, back to you boys down in the studio. All right there, Rich, do you want to top up? Oh, yeah, just a smidgen, just, yeah, just a little bit. Oh, yeah, well, well, Russell, we're live, we're, we're back. Oh. <laughs> we've, been, we've been caught, Russell. Oh. We've caught with our trousers down. Oh. Been on that time, I fucked your wife. Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, anyway, uh, we're going to go back to uh, the Olympics. We've got some great events in the pipeline. Yeah. And one of the ones I know we're both extremely excited for is, of course, the boxing. I do love the boxing, yeah. We, you and me both know that I love seeing another man beat to a pulp, so I can't can't wait to, to get down to ringside and, and give that a watch. Excellent. And we'll be uh, going down there in a few moments' time, but before then, a quick message from our sponsors. Imagine a world-class casino in the palm of your hand. A chance to make millions across all betting markets. Who will win? Who will fall at the last hurdle? Whose life will be taken too soon by a stray javelin? Because of Bet 24-7, you're in control. No matter the time, no matter the sport, there's always something to bet on. But know your limits. Mine's about 2,400 on the dogs at Wolfenstein. But that doesn't mean your limit has to be that low. You've got to bet big to win big. Bet 24-7. Gamble responsibly. That reminds me, I need to check my accumulator. Uh, Russell, you, you got any bets on today? Yeah, I did have an eight-fold uh, accumulator. It was going really well until that throw from Humph uh, Humphrey? Humphrey Mar Martin. Martin, that's it, Martin. Uh, of that throw from Martin, I mean, it's all gone down the pen. But anyway, high risk, high reward. Right, Rich? Yeah. That's just what we're looking for with this kind of event. We're going over now to, to the boxing, so if you've got your bets on, pump some cash in. Who knows what's going to happen? And on that note, we're going down to ringside with our buddy, Kev. Kev, are you with us, Kev? Come on. Come on. <sighs> <sighs> Alright, boys. Sorry. Uh, you caught me in a bad moment. I'm, I'm fucking... Higher than Elton John in his fucking glory days. Uh, well, yeah, you, you've joined his ringside for the for the boxing event. We've got Johnny the Jumbo Jones versus Sally Submarine Smith. Let's get it on. Well, right on, Kev. That is the spirit of the games. Tell us what is happening right now. Well, the first round was a little bit anticlimactic. Not much really to talk about. There was a few punches landed, you know, back and forth, but, it, you know, what have you. But uh, we're getting set up now for the second round. Bear was just gone. Let's see how it pans out. Good Lord. He's, he's got a car door. Oh, good Lord. 
Oh my Christ, his head's been absolutely caved in. He looks like a squat peach. But as you know, that is the rules these days, isn't it, Russell? It's perfectly legal. Perfectly, perfectly legal. You are so right, Kev. The Boxing Federation believed the sport was getting too soft. So after much deliberation, in accordance to new regulation brought in in 2020, handheld weapons and or blunt, dangerous objects may be used to harm, maim or seriously injure your opponent. And Kev, from me to you, I think this is so progressive. I think this is the way the sport should have always have been played. Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of people that were not happy with the way that they said that the sport had been turned out. But to be honest with you, I could not be happier with the way things are going. Right now, Sally's trying to make it back to his feet for the count of 10, but it's not looking good. Check back in about five minutes. Go back to the studio. Thank you, Kev. And there we have it. What a fantastic morning of sports we've seen so far. But that obviously concludes the morning portion with much more to come this afternoon. Yeah, we've got more in-depth statistical analysis coming up in the afternoon session. But for us here on ATV, I've been Russell. I've been Rich. You're rich. Am I? Yeah, you're rich. I'm rich. Enjoy the rest of your morning. See you later. It's that time again. It's the big one. It's the big talk where myself and Jack will talk about a topic of choice. And this episode's topic is Armageddon. Okay, so death of humanity, Armageddon. It can come in any shape and form. It can happen when you least expect it. So, <laughs> what do you mean? It can happen. It like, can like, happen. like it's happened before. Like, <laughs> what? These things happen. Mate, like, where Armageddon. are the dinosaurs? I don't know. <laughs> these things happen. You they know. do. Armageddon. Shrug your yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, well, everyone died. <laughs> so, we've looked at some of the, uh, the main theoretical causes of mass extinction on our planet. And we kind of just want to talk about them and put our ideas in about how we feel about these scenarios. So,. Number one, massive one for the film franchise is, of course, Alien Invasions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Of course, the first film that springs to mind is Signs. And this yeah. is where, basically, a bunch of aliens need resources. So they come to Earth to take our resources. And, you know, this could happen, I suppose. I feel like that would be the other way around in our, in our case. I think we'd be the Signs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're... We'd go to another planet to take their resources. Yeah. Maybe in like a parallel universe, that's a film for them. <laughs> and we're also... Uh, I could spoil the film here, but I'm not going to. No, yeah, don't, don't, don't. It's, it's a good film. If you haven't seen it, Give go, it watch. go watch Signs. But no, the probability of this happening, of course, is very low. But there is still a possibility. I mean, we know that there's potential life, small life forms on Mars, if that's the case. I'm sure in a in an infinite universe there are some green lizardoid hyperbrid zogmen who want to. Uh, I want to meet them. They sound great. <laughs> who, who have got their uh, big big jet engine and well, not a jet engine, some sort of spaceship. Jet engine. They're just pulling in a Boeing seven four seven. You've got permission to land. Where are you going to land? Directly in on the in in the central Luton America. Airport. Luton Airport. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, I like the idea of it. Of course, it's it's very dramatic. It is very film-based. Um, I do think it's a possibility, as is 
all of these things that we talk about they're all a possibility um but yeah i think if if aliens did did show up and wanted to cause us harm i feel like there must be some kind of protocol in place nasa must have got something ready just in the off chance that that happens you'd think during the space program even if it was like very small print you know section 5123.1 part a and it just said like you know make sure we have the big big laser gun ready just a a footnote at the bottom of the page just just in case just in case there are aliens we've got a massive laser gun to shoot it down yeah no i i I, they must have some sort of protocol they're they're probably already living among us the lizard people are already here attacking us from the inside yeah they've 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 already they've already touched they landed years ago roswell who knows what happened there Mm, exactly but no i've seen the queen (laughs) <laughs> is that high treason i don't know <laughs> death to jack <laughs> but yeah aliens it's a ludicrous theory another one we've got on our list here is a zombie apocalypse mm. so i guess like the alien invasion this is another film film material theory i would i'd be so happy with that what a great way to go really? everything just descending into chaos people running on the streets it, like full Walking Dead style. I think it'd be the worst way because it'd just be slow and painful and all about survival. I mean, I guess all of these is will be slow and painful. Yeah. Like apart from we'll talk about other ones, but yeah, I've watched too much Walking Dead. I'd I'd hate that scenario. I think I'd be pretty. I'd, I'd be cool with that. Like, of course, everyone's everyone'd be in the same boat anyway. But at least it'd be a bit of fun before the end. <laughs> and but... I, I guess by by a zombie apocalypse, we mean theoretically some sort of virus which is mm. uh you know taken over the brain or something which turns people to zombies I, I, and, I, <laughs> and it's very you know extremely contagious one scratch and you're dead kind of thing so that's i love the kind i of... love with zombies like the whole idea that there's a there's a virus that's leaked from a from a lab or something and in my head i always imagine that there's a there's a lab worker who's who's leaving for the day and he's walking past and he sees the vial that's got deadly deadly virus <laughs> run on it's just like you know what after all this time, why shouldn't I take it? Yeah. And he swipes the vial under his under his jacket and he walks out, <laughs> tripped. It's like, oh! <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no. That, that's not the first page of the comic book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I always imagined it happening in, in those films. I think, yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is probably more probable than an alien invasion because I guess this yeah. is something that could happen on Earth that could be within our hands. For sure. Um, whether or not it's going to be like the films and the TV shows where it's literally like, <laughs> kind of thing with like, you know, blood and, you know, they look like they're going to pop at any moment kind of thing. It probably won't be like that. Yeah. But we have a really annoying son called Carl. <laughs> Carl. Carl. Yeah. I don't know. I think, yeah, I'd be pretty cool with that. Just a bit of fun. Okay, so how about... External factors, acts of God, such as volcanoes, asteroids, things within that umbrella. Mm. I feel like these are probably the most likely to happen. Like we've done aliens and zombies. I feel like it's a little bit out there, but with asteroids and volcanoes, that could literally happen at any second. Yeah. Um, I think with those as well, it would be instant. And as you said, like, because it's like an, an act of God or something that's out of our control. Mm. They can always, they can predict these things. Yeah. You know, they can they can monitor it, but this could completely come out of nowhere. Um, after doing some research, um, yeah. I found that um, an extinction-level comet or asteroid impact event before the year 2100 has been estimated at one in a million. Okay? 
So I, I think those, I don't want to take those odds to be honest. Um, but yeah, and, they, and it says it says that uh, an asteroid around one uh, kilometer in diameter um, impacts Earth on average every five hundred thousand years, and if an asteroid of that size did hit, the chances of human extinction are extremely high. You know, billions of people would die. Mm. Um, but what I did read is that of these asteroids that are close to Earth. Um, we know we've identified ninety five percent of of how does that work? Is that that five percent still looming somewhere, floating through oh, space? It, they they've estimated that they've identified ninety five percent of okay. all near Earth objects mm. over one kilometer in size. So say that that five percent breaks through on notice. Yeah, you're you're there making your mac and cheese, and you get the text alert that's like you got about five minutes till impact. Yeah, that'd be pretty chaotic. Five minutes. Not nice. I mean, I mean, again, I mean, that's pretty film worthy. I mean, what about Armageddon? That actual yeah. film called Armageddon. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, they they choose like they drillers. choose <laughs> they choose to train drillers to be astronauts, but not astronauts to be drillers. The logic with that film. The logic there is just complete and utter nonsense. <laughs> Surely, if you're like trained enough in NASA, you can man a drill. We did like, get one of the best soundtracks from that film, though. Let's just say. So, yeah, but that was film. that was very very questionable. And of course, it was Bruce Willis. And you know, and there's other stuff as well. Like we, we, you mentioned volcanoes. There, there's a few volcanoes on Earth in which they've said if it if they do erupt, mm. it could be catastrophic. Yeah. Um. And a lot of these volcanoes erupt every fifty thousand years, and they are due to erupt. You know, any time between now and three or four thousand years. So there's no way in telling. So what you're saying is we should be constantly living in fear. Yes, we should. The world could end at any moment. So if you want to go out and get that ice cream today, go out and get it. Stay on your toes, people. Um, and yeah, the, the list goes on for potential external stuff like I've got here. Gamma ray burst, uh, supernovas, mm. solar flares, super storms. I guess the list could Not go supers. on. Um, but hopefully as science improves, if these things were a likelihood, they would be able to do things in, in put things in place to stop them or deal with them in a better way. Just a massive cork in the top of the volcano. Yeah. Solved. Okay, next on our list, the huge elephant in the room, the massive, huge, stomping elephant, <laughs> climate change. Everyone's favourite. Um, we don't need to talk too much about this because I think we know um, the crisis we're in and where the Earth is going and could potentially go without... Mm. Um, things put in place to stop it. Examples here, because of climate change, crop failure, collapse of ecosystem services, overpopulation, uh, which is you know lack of lack of resources, non-sustainable agriculture, mm. rising sea levels. Yeah, I, I was reading an article, and it was basically saying if something were to happen that would cause the death of humanity. Armageddon, as you, if you will, yeah, it would most likely be a snowball effect of multiple things happening one yeah. after another. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the guy described it as it wouldn't be as quick as being mauled by a saber-toothed tiger. It'd be more like being eaten to death by a load of ducks. Yeah, it'd just be very slow and painful. And I, like, I love the analogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good analogy, and I think because it's easier, I think in our brains, I think this is how the world's going to end. It's more dramatic. Mm. If you know, if like an it's asteroid quick, hits yeah. or an alien hits, but I think the reality is, is that the slow and painful death of the Earth, <laughs> a lot of suffering, will probably be 
the, the way most likely way it will go. Like humanity will just slowly die out because of well, the this, choices we've made. This is why I'm. This is what I'm thinking with the whole Perseverance rover that's now on Mars. I there's always a chance that they find out that there was a civilization living on Mars decades and decades and decades ago that literally did exactly the same that we did, messed it up big time, it went to shit. Yeah. And we're just repeating the process. Mm. Like, who's to say that's not the case? Mm. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I think we'll get on to later on which we think is the most likely way of uh, the Earth ending. Mm. But I think, you know, that's definitely one that will come into account. Okay, so Armageddon. How about Cybergeddon? So this being the idea that a, a nation could attack another nation, but within their infrastructure of internet, communications, yeah. all of that. And I mean, I, it's already kind of happened. We've already seen evidence of it happening. Obviously, all that news came out recently about Russia using fake accounts to swing elections and stuff yeah. like that. That could still come under the bracket of cyber mm. warfare because you are trying to make a difference through through the internet yeah i think obviously that's that's you know being a mole in, in an election we're talking about you know countries attacking electrical grids yeah attacking personal data which basically would eventually be a threat to human life sure so you know like you said like mass shutdowns mm. of people's power that would that, that, would that cause that, serious yeah, problems it'd, it'd render nations completely useless especially if you start attacking bank accounts and and power grids and mm. communications then yeah, you could you bring a nation to its knees quite quickly. Yeah, and and I think because of how we've integrated technology so much within our society, it will prove just how fragile it is when something or someone or a group of people can attack a grid and the, the amount of destruction it can cause. Mm. But you know, cy- cyber warfare—the idea of war being a potential cause of the end of the world—has has been always in the forefront of people's minds, probably since the dawn of time. Really, more notably in our well previous hundred years or so you know nuclear wars and nuclear yeah. weapons you know people thought the world was going to end in the 60s they even had adverts about what to do if there was a nuclear strike whilst you're in school for goodness sake <laughs> yeah. you know duck and cover get under your desk but um, i guess like <clears throat> cyber warfare could still because obviously nukes and and nuclear weapons are still stored on electronic devices so if you were to attack a, a, a nation and, and mess with their nuclear codes on a computer that's yeah. still technically cyber warfare to a degree mm. of course it then turned into nuclear warfare but it still starts off as cyber warfare yeah and uh, another bit of research uh, which i which i found which is pretty cool i think is this idea of a doomsday clock mm. uh, which basically is a symbol that represents the likelihood of a man-made global catastrophe so when this started uh, this clock was seven minutes to midnight, midnight being the end of the world. So how close are we basically to the end of the world? Yeah. Uh, it was seven minutes to midnight in 1947. In 2021, right now, it is 100 seconds to midnight. And that's because of rising tensions between USA, yeah. North Korea, Iran, Russia, all these places. So even though this is, you know, quite far-fetched, it's still a potential reality. I just love the idea that we have a a clock <laughs> that predicts how close we are to absolute world ending. It's it's, it's, in, the, it's in the middle of Times Square. <laughs> we checked the Doomsday Clock this afternoon. Oh well, it's a uh, it's a uh, ninety minutes uh, to uh, to twelve. That that northern bloke who's now living in New York. Uh, it's probably someone somewhere. <laughs> okay, so Andy, you're sat at home. Announcement comes on the on the television. Boris is at his podium. Oh God. <laughs> PTSD. Oh, not again! (laughs) 
Again, but this time it's gone a little bit worse. There's, there's a virus that's broken out. Oh, no. It's reanimating the dead. What? They're, they're coming back to life. They're, they're biting people at will. It's all gone to the dogs. Hell's breaking loose in, in, in Downing Street. Parliament's, <laughs> Parliament's falling quickly. Okay. Um, the news is out that there has been a zombie outbreak. What do you do? Okay, well... Your first point of call. In this situation, I'm going to say that I'm on my own. Like, I have no means of getting to family and friends because I think if... Realistically, you probably try and meet up with, with your family, your friends, group up. But in this scenario, let's say I'm on my own. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably go to the Isle of Man. Pretty solid. Wait, how are you getting there? Uh, boat. How are you getting a boat? Uh, steal it. <laughs> I don't know. I'd st- I, I'd somehow get to Isle of Man. I feel like if I if I went to Isle of Man or Isle of Wight or somewhere like that, it's a it's a Somewhere's small secluded. island. Yeah. But then again, if you go there, then supplies will run out eventually. I was so. gonna say, yeah. I mean, I, either Isle of Man or go up to Scotland. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Where do you go? I think somewhere away from the city would probably be your best option. But then in that situation, like you say, with if you went to Isle of Man, you would run out of supplies so quick, and you would have to make. A journey back to no, civilization. That, that's every episode of any that, zombie zombie TV yeah, show. The only We've got to go back to to, to uh, Montreal or wherever <laughs> to to get the supplies. But that's that's the issue, isn't it? It's just like you you have to weigh up survival and and risk. Yeah. And I've always said personally, if there was a zombie outbreak, if it was in the evening, you'd probably go to a supermarket. They lock down quite solidly. You probably have to wipe out a few people in the supermarket that are working there as night staff, but that's fine. I think by this point, you're kind of cool with just ending lives. <laughs> well, they're not necessarily lives anymore. But you could lock down lock down the shutters, barricade yourself in with some friends. And you've got food there for months. I mean, but this is the thing, though, isn't it? If, with a zombie apocalypse, like who's actually more dangerous? The actual zombies or, or the people trying to nick, nick your... Your belongings. Nick, nick your, your what? Your belongings. What is it? Your bionicles. <laughs> your bionicles. Your bionicles. <laughs> just give me the bionicles. <laughs> We're losing morale. On the, on the toy to... aisle, just holding the <laughs> bionicles. Um, well, no, a supermarket would be a good place. But if anything we think of, everyone else thinks of. So yeah. you've got to think of something completely left field. So if you just say, I'm going to stay in my house. Mm. Like, who's actually going to come here to this house? Not many not many people. But then you've got, it's the supplies. Yeah, that's the And issue. everyone's going to rush out to get supplies. And that's why you get people with a with a basement full to the brim of tinned tuna and... <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, they're, they're very well prepared. Just call up uh, Deliveroo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they need a delivery. But no, I, yeah, I think either go abroad, uh, say abroad, go go to like another island, mm. uh, try and stay there. But in all honesty, I don't really know. Now, the thing that gets me with a lot of zombie shows, there's always that one arsehole who gets bitten and then refuses to fess up. Who are you trying to fool? I don't understand it. Where how where do you think you're getting with that? Would that happen in real life though? I think that's just for that's like dramatic irony in it. I don't it? know, people are dickheads sometimes. I think people just play it off like I don't want to be that person that causes absolute chaos in the group. I'm just gonna play it off and see what happens. I might be okay. Mm. What I don't I never understood that with films. And I guess it is it is a plot device, but it just it baffles me every single time. Because at some point you're gonna turn and you're gonna start eating people. Yeah, I mean, in that in that scenario, yes. Um, so, if if in that scenario, uh, if you could have three objects or three things which you could have on your personage, what would those three be? Um, things I already own. Well, 
hypothetically, so things you could either obtain or own, just just say you had like a couple of days to get these items. What is this is this within the zombie setting? Yeah, yeah. Probably some form of weapon yeah. would probably be your go-to. Something pretty heavy and spiky. Yeah. Something you could swing. Mm-hmm. Um, a weapon. Um, I'd say a mobile phone, but then again, how long do communications stay up for? I'd probably take one anyway and just try and communicate as many people as possible. Yeah. And try and form some sort of gathering. Mm. Um, third one. Pff, <sighs> coffee. Nice. To take a percolator and some some coffee. Keep your keep your mind and alert, yeah. focused. What about you? Um, my first item would be some sort of sentimental toy. Mm. So like a stuffed bear or the something. bionicles. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a nice yeah. stuffed cute bear. Mm. Um, my second item would be a gun. Yeah, um, pretty solid. It would be a gun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd have, I'd have something sentimental to keep. Like if I was traveling, I'd have something to remind me of, like my family or whatever. But then I would also need a weapon. <laughs> have a firearm. I need a so, yeah. you know, a, a, a bear, a gun, and my third one. Yeah, what is about the third one? I can't really think of like a third one I need. Um, so you kind of cover the bases of your first two, and then the third one is kind of just something. Well, some mode of transport. I mean, if, thing, if that's, I if that's drive, an object, so... I mean, if even if it was like a a bike or a scooter, probably a bike actually, yeah. just so I can get I can get from A to B, and also I can <laughs> I just, fix it if I need to. I've got to. this picture of you riding full speed on a, <laughs> on a bike with a bear in one hand and a <laughs> rifle in the other, <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> bolting down the M5. <laughs> if we get some sort of artwork, that'd be such a good cover for like the episode Armageddon on the bike with a bear and a gun. Well, you'd just be in a situation where. You have to protect yourself, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, everyone's going to try to protect themselves. At what point does someone shoot at you thinking that you're a threat and then it all goes down the pan? So, yeah. if it does, yeah, I think it would be a testament of your personality and you as a, as a human being mm-hmm. if we were in that scenario. Okay, then, Andy, in a few words, your opinion, how do you believe the world is going to end? As depressing as this sounds, um, I mean, it is because it is the end of the world. But I think it will be a very slow um, process in which, you know, the earth just becomes uninhabitable Mm -hmm. for climate reasons, basically. So I think it will just be a slow decline of civilizations, people as we know it. And then eventually it will just be a very small handful of people, whether or not it will be completely extinct. I don't know. But I think everything that's been built now will be gone eventually, like everything within the next thousand years maybe mm. i don't think we'll last any more than that i really interesting think. yeah what about you um pretty much word for word what you just said i, w- I was gonna say as depressing as depressing as it is i think global warming is going to be the massive factor and i think it's just going to be a big snowball occurrence where one thing will happen it will lead to something else food will run out waves and sea levels will completely change the landmass. um like you said i think landscape is going to be completely different a lot of places will get completely wiped out and it will come down to again a bit like the hypothetical zombie apocalypse it'll be survival of the fittest people will have to make do with what they've got and try and rebuild some form of civilization Mm. with what they've got left and either that or the elite go to another planet because that seems to be the way we're going with with space exploration and, and colonizing mars i think if it got to the point where earth is completely uninhabitable it would leave everyone would get left behind and you have like the smartest, most worthy 
people get mm. taken to the other planet to start again. Thank you very much for listening to episode number four of season two. We really hope that you enjoyed the episode. Go and follow us on our socials. We hope to have some more comedy sketches in the pipeline in the not too distant future. Excellent. I've been Andy. And I have been Jack. Good evening and have a nice day. Thank you.